Welcome to Relentless Truth with John Warren, the podcast that extracts truth from a wide range of topics, revealing who God is, who we are, and how we relate to each other. Now, here's John with this week's powerful and practical insights. Welcome to Relentless Truth. I'm John Warren. It is good to be with you. Please like, share, review, and subscribe to Relentless Truth. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Apple, Google, Spotify, and all the other podcast platforms. So feel free to go to our website, johnwarrenmedia.com, for more information about our work. Please send an email to john at johnwarrenmedia.com if you'd like more information about our work, or just go to the website and send along a comment in our contact form. It is so encouraging to hear from you uh, from time to time. And it is uh, so good to be with you again. Today, we are going to discuss uh, a, a couple of topics that are uh, really related. And they, they really have to do with something that I've observed in recent, uh, well, really years. And it's, it's not just a topic about social media, not just a bunch of good advice, but I, I want to push back on, on something that I, I hear from time to time. And, and I, I do see these posts on social media that, and if you've been guilty of this, you know, that's okay. It's not the end of the world, but there's a, there's a mindset in the church in Christianity among evangelicals that says something like I should suffer um, and life is hard and I should die daily. There's a mindset. I've even seen, seen posts with uh, hearts and rainbows on the border that say I die daily. Like, like Paul does is the, is the implication. And, and the only problem with that is, that's not at all what Paul advocated and you might be aware of that, but the, the quote, the only quote in scripture about dying daily. Now, now there's, 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 there are a couple of verses about being dead to sin, but the only one that has anything to do with dying daily is, is from Paul in first Corinthians 15. And he, and he says something like, well, here it is. Verse 31 of chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians, I protest, brothers, by my pride in you, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord, I die every day. What do I gain if, I, if humbly speaking, I fought with, the beasts, with beasts at Ephesus if the dead are not raised? Let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Well, the problem with us saying, I die daily is one, it's kind of unhelpful. Two, Paul's not telling us to die daily. He's talking about actual physical death there. He's talking about his life. If you look at it in context, you see that. But sometimes the reference really means that I'm supposed to suck it up and conquer my own sin. And you know, you hear so much talk about this in the in the the sanctification process. That's what that's what it's called in some denominations. It's the spiritual maturity process, the growing, the 
the, the growing in God's grace, the, the living life, living life the right way. You know, I, I, I had lunch with a man I respect today in my church who, who said that usually a person has to come to grips with who they are and that the Bible is right and they have to adjust and live their lives accordingly. So I, I think that's absolutely right. The coming to the end of, uh, we come to the end of ourselves and turn to Christ. Well, there's a similar verse that we probably talked about months ago in passing when we made our way through Romans. It's Romans 6, 11. And Paul says, so you must so you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. There's a helpful passage there that, you know, he's just talked about how uh, where sin abounds, grace abounded more. And he asks this rhetorical question. I love the way Paul does this. What should we say then? And are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? And what he's really saying, and, and he says, by no means, and what he's really saying is, should we continue to sin to activate more grace? If God's grace is always sufficient, then don't we don't we trigger more grace or activate more grace if we sin more, which is absurd. And then he says in verse three, he says, "Do you not know that? Uh, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death?" Now. And then he goes on, we were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. There, There's a point here that Paul is making that is that is powerful. And and really, he it's it's the same point that he makes in in verse 11 so you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to god in christ jesus and that that point is not a, a subtle one that word for baptism he's actually talking about water baptism but he's using it as a metaphor and this is where we get in trouble when we go flying in and grab a verse and try to build a whole point, theological point around it, we need to be careful and be sure to understand the meaning of all the words and understand that what, what, what the context is. So, so the context here is this notion, this word baptism is used to explain our incorporation with Christ, our being in him. When we're justified by faith, then we become in him. We become incorporated with him. And that's important for us to understand. We see this also in Ephesians uh, chapter one and other places where starting in verse 11, he says, in him we have obtained an inheritance having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things works all things to the counsel of his will. And then down in verse 13, he says, in him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him, there's another in him, were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit, who's the guarantee, and he goes on. Our being incorporated with Christ by faith is not something we fully understand. But, but he intercedes for us we are incorporated with him. The Father sees 
God the Father sees us through him. And this is just such a beautiful promise that I I, I don't I, I know it can be a helpful thought to some to think of this dying daily. But there's 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 something else here that that is that is just beautiful in this in this verse that we 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 just read. And I just want to talk about that for a couple of minutes and then I want to make another a very practical mundane point. Now when he says in this verse that we and in chapter six and verse eleven, so you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. That word consider is really interesting to me. Consider yourselves dead to sin. That word is the same Greek word that is used back in Romans 4 when Paul talks about Abraham being justified by faith. Now that that's interesting, isn't it? We are to consider ourselves, he just said, dead to sin. He didn't say die daily. Consider ourselves to be dead to sin. Permanently, fully, one time, dead to sin. The language used here, my friends who understand Greek and the detail of that language tell me, is that this is a one-time event and it happened in the past. This is referencing the cross of Jesus Christ. So this reckoning, this considering that we're supposed to do, this the same word that was used when Paul says about Abraham, Abraham believed God in Romans 4, 3, and it was counted to him as righteousness. And then he says, now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. And to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted, same word again, as righteousness. So listen to this beautiful truth. Just as God saves us by faith and counts us righteous, there's a lot of deep theology we could go into here. Just as he he counts us, he considers us righteous. In other words, it's this idea of expiation where, where he clears the record of our sin. He doesn't infuse us with his righteousness, but, in, but clears the record of our sin and then counts us righteous, clothes us in his righteousness. God the Father sees us clothed in the righteousness of God the Son because of his finished work on the cross. Now, we, we're not going to get into that word propitiation again and expiation and talk about the the whole appeasement of God's wrath and reconciliation to him, all the implications of that. They're, they're all very important. I've addressed that in, in previous episodes. But, but for now, I just want to focus on this counting us. So because God has counted us righteous, we should count ourselves, consider ourselves to be dead to sin. This, this, this isn't taking a victory lap. You must also consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. And then he goes on in verse 12, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to obey its passions. This isn't, if you want to call it dying daily, that's fine. But that, that, that to me demeans the cross. 
focus on the one death, the death of Jesus Christ that paid for sin, the, the atonement. Focus on that. And, and the fact that you and reckon yourself or consider yourself or treat yourself, those are helpful synonyms, as dead to sin, just as it has been reckoned to you as righteous. I mean, I, I can't think of anything better. I must, we must consider ourselves to be what God calls us, dead to sin. You've heard the expression, I think Kevin O'Leary on Shark Tank says it fairly often. I've, I've heard other people say it. You're dead to me. Well, that's, a, that's an insulting, ugly thing to say. But our sin is dead to us. And we don't have to live in it. We don't have to wallow in the captivity of our sin because we've been incorporated to Christ. We've been buried with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. The resurrection of Jesus Christ, Easter's coming up, and it's, it's a big deal, isn't it? The resurrection of Jesus Christ proves that he conquered sin and death. And here we are, looking at how we are to live and we are to reckon ourselves, consider ourselves, treat ourselves as dead to sin and alive to God in Jesus Christ, in Christ Jesus. What a wonderful promise. And, and I, I want to talk about this in, in, in this context. And, and Paul goes on, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. And, 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 and for sin will not have dominion over you, he says, don't present your members as to sin as instruments for unrighteousness. There's human effort involved here, to be sure. This isn't a, well, great, I prayed a prayer and I'm a Christian now and I got a Bible and I look at it every now and then I go to church and life is good. No, there, there is human effort. But notice this recognition, this recognition that we're, that we're dead to sin and alive to Christ. It is counted to us as righteousness as it was to Abraham in Romans 4 and verse 3. And now we can count ourselves dead to sin because of his death on the cross. Not because we die every day. And I know that's a helpful metaphor for some people, but that's, that's, that's not it. Looking at the cross, looking at his overwhelming love for us, we respond to love, don't we? We, we don't, we, we, you know, my, my friends who, who, who I've got some friends who owned a health club, uh, uh, several of them and, and sold them for a bunch of money, but they oversold memberships every January. And I've mentioned them here before and, and, and they did it because they understand that, that self-help self, you know, sucking it up and trying to do better ordinarily doesn't really work. But when motivated by love, and in this case, it's God's love for us. He first loved us. No, you didn't first love him. I did not first love him. He first loved us. And that, that is just overwhelmingly beautiful. And because by faith, he saves us. Simple faith in Jesus Christ. Simply turning from self-reliant sin to turning to him and trusting in him, believing in him. Then 
he reckons us, accounts us, counts us, treats us as righteousness. And we must consider ourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. This isn't, this isn't some program. This isn't a waking up looking at ourselves in, in the mirror and saying, boy, do I feel great and am I going to be good today? No, it's because he first loved me and counts me righteous that I can consider myself dead to sin. I hope that's helpful. There's a, a couple other thoughts I want to get across today. One is it can be really easy for social media and and just you know regular media just the way the way our electronic lives are structured i i, I would even include texting and and this isn't an old guy saying uh, technology is bad I, I i have lots of technology i'm on lots of social media platforms i hope you'll find us in those places uh, facebook twitter instagram linkedin Love to have you uh, follow along, post all kinds of things about the podcast uh, on those platforms. Not suggesting they're evil. I text all the time. I, I, uh, that, that's a, a great way to communicate. However, that can all be really sad and depressing. It can make us spectators, make us passive, make us watch life go by. You couple that with some, some bad theology, some things that we maybe heard when we were younger or they're just kind of intuitive, like dying daily. And again, if you like that metaphor, if that's helpful for you, then great. Not criticizing you. I, I, I just, I just think it's more helpful to think about the fact that Christ died once it's that death. It's the finality of that death. There's not any dying daily that we do. We can, we can reckon or consider ourselves dead to sin for sure but it's not a do better daily, do better today than yesterday and better tomorrow than today and so on. It is God who directs our path as we walk by faith. But there's a, there's a whole thing that can go on with social media. And I see it in, in my students from time to time where it's just depressing. You know, everybody has, well, it seems to me, a really nice phone with an amazing camera, with amazing filters, with amazing capability, and all the pictures look beautiful and, and people love to take pictures of their meals and their dates and their outings and their, they like to post where they are. I don't get this, but they like to tell you where they are, where they are on vacation. And you can get the sense, and I, I, bet, you've been, I bet you've been through this, that everybody lives a way cooler life than you do. And just guess what? They don't. But, but you can get this, oh, oh I want to be like, that. oh, they, look at their posts, they're beautiful. Look at those pictures, they, they hang out with beautiful people. And, and why is it when I take a selfie, it looks, eh, when they take them, they just look perfect. They figured out how to do it. I don't know how they do it. They've got lenses or filters or, or selfie sticks or friends with good picture-taking skills or, or they make just the right comments and they, they get thousands of likes and I don't or or everybody shares their stuff, or they're just so cool, and they use just the right words, and, and wow, they have so many followers, and they get lots of clicks, and they do these videos that are even cool, and they even sound cool, their audio does, and wow, they're just, they're just neat, and I'm not. And, and you, you can easily become kind of a, kind of a passenger. You, you can start to think that that electronic life, that, that whatever that is, cloudish life, 
is 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 real life and and you know it's just not it's absolutely not there's so much more to this life than that there there's the need to be present i don't mean practicing present i mean being present i mean showing up sitting down looking people in the eye and telling them you love them and acting like you love them and meeting needs and taking care of people and 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 going places you don't want to go to to because you you need it your your presence means something building relationships learning how to communicate better learning how to express care there there's so much there so much that we can do that is so fulfilling if you have found yourself that's just my advice if you found yourself on the sidelines and and you're 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 watching social media life go flying by and i realize there's snapchat and tiktok and all kinds of other things that people use today and lots and lots of youtube I've got a youtube channel now by the way the podcast does you can find it there on youtube i hope you'll take a look but but you you can find yourself just watching videos and reading tweets and obsessively following along and and you can convince yourself that you're just a spectator. There's a thing somebody told me one time and and it's it's kind of cheesy, but I'm going to tell you about it anyway. It's it, it it's actually kind of helpful. He he was he was talking about the the lack of commitment that the American worker has and how hard it was to find good employees and all the rest and and he said, you know, people people talk about dedication and he and he said you know it's kind of like you've probably heard this before but it's kind of like a country breakfast the uh the 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 chicken was dedicated but the pig was committed and, and you know that that that's just kind of a silly analogy but you get the idea this this notion of commitment is is something that i i think has something to do with the the way we communicate electronically the, the way we block and unfriend and and observe social media posts flying by these 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 timelines or whatever they're called these streams that go by so fast especially on platforms like Twitter where you know they're just thoughts and and usually they're hateful and sometimes they're not and 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 you wonder well does anybody notice me am I really here and and you can start to just almost get depressed over it and just think, well, I'm just a spectator. Everybody else is so cool and I'm not and I'll just watch it go by. And But by the way, I, I have to watch it and I, I can't not watch it. I look at it all the time and you realize, wow, hours went by and I'm wasting time. What am I doing here? And, and, and you know, it's just unhelpful. It's, it's being committed to something though. Being, you know, finding a way to be present. And, and I, I don't mean, that's not a thought process. It's a doing thing being present, loving others well, graciously loving because you are loved by God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, because you're loved, we are loved, loving others, really loving others. That means meeting the needs of others without even hoping for reciprocity. And that alone, that act alone, that focus alone will change your life. It is absolutely life-changing to be committed to others. 
And it sounds counterintuitive because what we want to do is be committed to us in our flesh, this self-reliance, self-sufficient thing we have going on that leads us right into sin. This, ooh, I got to protect me, me first. You know, our whole society is kind of geared this way and it's unhappy, isn't it? It's not fulfilling, is it? So, so there's a thing here. There's a connection here to, to this section in Romans we were talking about. Considering ourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. To do that, then we've got to practice this, this summary of the law, which is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. I would just challenge you to practice it. Let, let's just find ways to love others. I mean this in a really healthy way, meeting the needs of a change that focus, commit, be committed, not just dedicated, be committed to loving others, being present in the lives of others, find a way. And, and I'll, I'll tell you this, young people, you know this to be true. If, if you're trying to do this with a high school or college student, just expect that they, that they, they might not act like they appreciate it at first. But if you really care about them and you plan things around them, you do things they want to do, they are interested in, and you just show up, you show up to watch that game, you show up to just to be there, to show them you care. And, and we've all been guilty of not doing that. So this isn't designed to evoke a, a guilt trip of any sort. But just show up and, and you'll, you'll be amazed how easy it is to, to love others because we are first loved. This, this considering ourselves dead to sin and alive to God uh, in Christ Jesus, a huge part of that is, is to love others and love them well. It is the most fulfilling. It sounds, it sounds silly, but, and it sounds really counterintuitive, but, but living selflessly, living with the best interest of others, or as Paul says in Romans 12, outdo each other in showing each other brotherly kindness having a contest, as it were, to just see how kind you can be, how loving we can be, is life-changing. But first, we've got to reckon ourselves correctly, consider ourselves, treat ourselves correctly. So God treats us by faith in Christ. God treats us as if we're righteous, he sees us in Christ's righteousness. And so we are to treat ourselves as if we're dead to sin. And a great way to do that is to glorify God by loving our neighbor as ourselves. I know life can be hard. I know depression is, is a very real thing. I think social media exacerbates it for some people. Electronic communication does. Sometimes it can be frustrating because some people don't say the right words when they even send text messages. But if that happens, pick up the phone and call. If you feel left out like the Twitter feed or the Facebook feed or whatever it is you do is rifling by and you're not, you're not engaged, you're not one of the, you're not feeling good about yourself, you're not one of the cool people, yeah, you are. You can be. If you love others, you're going to be amazed amazed at just how rewarding commitment, that kind of commitment truly is. 
and and we have to stay committed to it. It's not, this isn't a quick fix. This isn't a go out this afternoon and do this and your life will just turn around in a minute. No, it's it. stay committed to this way of life and you, you will live a fulfilled, rewarding life. God will bless this effort. He's commanded us to do this. He blesses us as we're obedient. He set the world up this way. I was reading this week, just in closing, just one more thought about that word Jehovah that appears in scripture. It's a usually capitalized Lord, L-O-R-D. I want you to just think about that. Just think about the God of this universe made you and me. He made us to be this way, to have this need for commitment, for loving commitment to each other. So let's reckon ourselves dead to sin, alive to God in Christ Jesus, as Paul says in Romans 6. I hope you'll like, share, review, and subscribe to Relentless Truth. Please tell your friends about us. The word is spreading. It's amazing how many countries and states throughout the U.S. and other countries throughout the world, scattered throughout the world, you you reside in. Thank you, and I hope you'll send along a comment uh, or or an email. You can find us at John at JohnWarrenMedia.com. Our website is JohnWarrenMedia.com. So I look forward to being with you again next week. Thanks for listening to Relentless Truth with John Warren. Please consider sharing this podcast and subscribe to receive future episodes. Connect with John regarding your comments, questions, and show ideas through johnwarrenmedia.com or at John Warren Media on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. That's all for this episode. Join us next week for another edition of Relentless Truth with John Warren.